G'day, Ads is brought to you by Collector's King. They are always for collectors. It's a brand new product they always sell at retail. They carry all the TCGs in addition to Pokemon. Their mission is to bring more people into their hobby and provide product at fair prices. Come join the collector army and start the hobby revolution. Follow them on Instagram and Facebook at Collectible Kings. That's collectible with a K for information on all their online product drops. And also by Gamers Move. Get your nerd on at GamersMove.com for all video game news, eSport news, podcasts, your lovely Pokedads, anything else your nerdy heart can think of at GamersMove.com. What's up, Pokédad Nation? Welcome to another exciting episode of Pokédads, a Pokémon TCG podcast. I'm your host, Pokédad Rich, and with me today is just me. <laughs> uh, well, for real, we're gonna we're gonna have a special guest, PJ from Collectible Kings. We do an interview about the shop, about Pokémon, about distributors, uh, whatever you name it. It's it's a, the mind of a, a local card shop. And I'm super, super pumped up for you guys to hear it. But a couple things I just want to go. Happy Bidoof Day. Bidoof. Bidoof. I'm joking. It's uh, the correct way it's pronouncing is uh, Bidoof. <laughs> uh, according to the anime, um, I know some people like to call it Bidoof or Bidoof. 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 It is, it is what it is, but, <laughs> oh my God, um, it's, it's super late. I'm finishing editing this episode and Finn does not want to go to sleep. So I have that going for me. There's just a couple of things I want to go over with. July just started. That means that our quarterly tournament for our Patreons starts this month. Uh, they choose 30 plus cards to choose from. They must choose 12 to build a deck. If you want to be able to participate, you have to become a Patreon member. And to become a Patreon member is patreon.com slash TCG. Two bucks gets you into the tournament, gets you monthly hangouts, gives you free trades. It gets questions, decks, whatever you want it right there in our Discord. We would love to have you. The more the merrier. We appreciate you love. We appreciate the support. $5 a month gets you early access to our episodes and all the other Discord fun stuff. And $10 a month gives you bonus episodes and all the other fun stuff and also early access. And uh, Pokemoms is set to record next weekend. So we're uh, super stoked about that. Um, something bad happened with Poke Beach on Monday. They were hacked and all their info was deleted. Um, where that's kind of a scam that happened at my work. A little bit ago, we talked on the podcast that they take all your information and they try to sell it back to you with no promises that they'll give it back. So that's like 18 years of data just gone. My heart really goes out, um, really goes out to that situation. It's, it's terrible. 
Um, they got it back and running in, in a low limit mode because he was actually about to update the website by the end of the year, but now he's forced to use the update instead of going back to the old force. So if you guys are a Pokey Beach fan, uh, make sure you go hit up the website for all your news, all the fun stuff. Follow him on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, wherever. Um, Pokey Beach means a lot to this community, and it sucks that that kind of stuff happened. And I really want to talk about Pokemon Celebrations, but I'm not going to just talk that about myself, so you guys are going to have to wait another week about that, and uh, we'll get into it. But uh, without further ado, here's my interview with PJ Lewis, the owner of Collectible Kings. All right, we're back, and uh, I have a special guest with me, PJ Lewis, a.k.a. The King, a.k.a. Collectible Kings Store, our sponsor, PJ, how are you, man? And I'm doing awesome. I appreciate you having me on here. I appreciate you taking the time. So I'm, I'm glad we finally were able to work this out. Yes, sir. So uh, for the Pokédad Nation, just a quick who you are, what you do, what got you into the hobby, and it will roll from there. Yeah, sure. I'll try to give the, uh, the brief version there. So uh, I started this shop uh, with a few buddies of mine. Uh, back in February, and uh, my sons are included as well. They're 15 and 11. And last year, we got back into the sports card hobby during COVID, you know, February, March time period. I was a collector a long time ago when I was a kid, uh, sports cards primarily. And then, um, you know, as the kids got older, they wanted to chase the Zions and all that kind of stuff and basketball. So, you know, when you have kids and they want to be involved, it rekindles a lot. Um, I think a lot of dads, pokey dads out there probably can understand this as well. So I started telling the stories about when my older brother and myself had a store in one of my dad's buildings that he owned back in the early 90s. So we had a sports card shop. I was probably my youngest son's age at the time, 11, and we ran that for several years until my brother went to college and I was just too young to run it at that point. So we had to close it about 92, 93. So I would tell them stories about that and they're like, well, why can't we start our shop? And I was like, well, yeah, why can't we? <laughs> so how we transitioned into TCG, um, Pokemon primarily, is last year around April, it was just so difficult to get decent pricing from distributors on sealed sports cards. So one of my distributors was like, you know, have you thought about Pokemon? And I was like, well, I really don't know too much about it. And I go, well, we got lots of Pokemon. <laughs> and, you know, if you get it now, then, you know, you become kind of locked in. Like you get start building allocations and so forth. So I started doing some research and I was like, you know, I think this could be something to get into. So I'll never forget it. I was like, okay, so what kind of, you know, I guess you got like hobby boxes or something. And they were like, well, they're booster boxes. And I'm like, okay, well, let's, let's give it a shot. And, um, you know, what they had is they had cases of evolutions. Um, that was the first product that we bought. So I bought two cases of evolutions. And I mean, wholesale on that was sub 500 a case. So me and my son sat down and like, there's Charizard in here is what I heard. So <laughs> we ripped those two cases and we ripped those. 
And then I was like, you know, there could be something here. I started watching a lot of YouTube videos and, you know, I got turned on to your old podcast and I started learning more, more about it. So I just started ordering a lot of these cases and just started throwing them on my website. So I was selling these cases about April or May of last year for $640 a case for an evolutions case. And I probably sold before they ran out of stock. I probably sold about 10 or 12 of those. And then we moved on to Burning Shadows and then Unified Minds. So we started, that's just kind of how we stumbled into Pokemon. And then we bought so much of it that we, you know, we built up our allocations and now we probably in our area here in Winchester, Virginia, we're, we're the largest shop that carries the most Pokemon around here. Hey man, that's pretty, that's pretty dope. We're, we're lucky to have that. <laughs> yeah, I know. But it's fun. I enjoy it. Um, collecting to me is collecting. So there's really, people think there's a big divide between sports cards and TCGs. I really don't think that there is. And I like the uniqueness of TCGs because not only can you collect it, but can, you can actually have that uh, connection of playing it and building more of a camaraderie, you know, with new people by playing in person or online. So I think TCGs have two things going for it where, you know, sports cards, you can collect it and, you know, you can go to card shows or talk to people, but it's just not as tangible if I'm trying to make any sense um, as the TCG world. Oh, awesome. Awesome. Uh, what do you think caused the craze to begin with? And not, not just Pokemon, uh, basketball and football alone. I, I'm sure baseball too. It feels like more now than ever. I can remember just everyone freaking out about these cards. Uh, how do you yeah. think it's sorry? Just do you think it's uh, like <laughs> sorry? Go ahead. <laughs> the, the, the fun times. Um, is it, is it the boredom of the pandemic when people were just trying to like be like, Oh, you know what? I can make a quick buck this way. Or is it because, Maybe the NBA is fun again. There's all these fun young athletes and the NFL is the same way. And just the sports world has involved so much, like maybe the past five to 10 years that now the people that are into it are collecting it because, you know, they, they really enjoy these players. Are they looking into it to make a quick buck or money down the road? I, I think it's really a domino effect of kind of like, a meeting of all the, the the storms coming together. So obviously you have your your COVID situation, and that gave a lot of people extra time to peruse eBay and join Discord groups because Discord started getting really popular about this time last year as well. So I think people had some time on their hands and probably wanted to rekindle their childhood because I would pretty much guarantee in the sports card world. You've got a lot of mid-30s to 45-year-olds that collected heavily in the early 90s when sports cards were at its highest. And then now they have disposable income and then COVID hit. So they probably just said, oh, I'm going to pop on eBay to see if, you know, King Griffey Jr. upper deck card or whatever rookie is still out there. And then I think it kind of snowballed into um, rekindling their joy for sports card again so i think that's part of it and then 
it really COVID actually strained the um, the supply chain for sports cards. So there was a lot of releases that either couldn't get printed or they got printed at like a third of what they could get printed. So that created, you know, a, a supply and demand situation, you know, out of this world. So that's why everybody ran to the Targets and the Walmarts. And then the sneakerheads got into the game because they realized, okay, well, if we can get to Targets and Walmarts first or bought the bought their sites, you know, we could take this product and five exit, four exit, or six exit. So I think that is what created the sports card craze. Um, just older people getting back into it. Not so much the younger people. I like to see more younger. People like my son's age, 11 and 15, get into it. And that's kind of one of our focuses for the store is to, to actually bring people into the hobby that want to stay in it, not to just flip it to make a buck. Uh, another thing on the sports card world is you have a lot of the, uh, the DraftKings people or the Barstool Sports um, gamblers and so forth that like, hey, I'm pretty good at picking players. So why won't I just get into sports cards and I can speculate there and buy somebody's rookie card for $2 one day and then sell it on eBay four weeks later after they have five good games for about $25. And that's what the hobby was last year. So I think then that trickled into Pokemon because uh, I... <laughs> People started saying, oh, what's Charizard? And, and Hidden Fates was still out at that point in time. <laughs> so it kind of created that snowball effect where, okay, well, we couldn't find any sports cards anywhere. But then there was still some Shining Legends still on the shelf and the clearance bin and that type of thing. So people would just start buying that up. And that's kind of what brought us to a couple of months ago. It's getting better now. I think you're getting more true collectors or true players remaining in the hobby. So, you know, everybody thinks the sky's falling for the most part in sports cards right now because we're seeing values decrease. And the same thing can be said for Pokemon. But if you take a snapshot of where both hobbies were now compared to two or three years ago, there's still exponential growth in both. Oh. So. To me, I don't think it's a bad thing if the flippers or whatever you want to call it, if the majority of those that don't want to be in here start pulling out, I think it's going to lower prices for the most part for people that actually want to stay in the hobbies. But the good thing about our shop is it doesn't affect us at all because we maintain for the best that we can as close as retail as we can. And it's just going to hurt the shops that, you know, rode the way for eBay prices. Like, oh, well, you know, they're getting $200 for a Hidden Fates ETB. I'm going to charge 210 because they can get it now. You know, if you were that kind of shop, you're going to, you're struggling right now. So that's kind of where I see the hobby right now. Awesome. That's actually a good segue that I really want to get into uh, about people taking pre-orders for products that were just announced without knowing their allocated numbers. And I want to know, like, how you feel. So we're like, what? Um, Celebrations was just announced. And then you see all these things popping up, like, pre-order for Celebrations. When, one, that shop has no idea what they're going to get, what what kind of product they're able to get in the store. And then they're going to just start selling it at, at a ridiculous price. Like, right now, 
we're getting closer to August. And one of the biggest things in Pokemon in August is the new Marnie box. Uh, it's, mm-hmm. uh, it's going to come with seven booster packs, um, a full, full art Marnie with three normal Marnie hollows and, um, MSRP is for 40. And we had someone in our discord today was talking about my local shop is selling them for 50 each. And, and I was like, Oh, I was like, do they even have numbers yet? I know we're getting closer. I was like, I still don't feel like they would have numbers. And then another one came up and then they're like, yeah, my shop's selling them for 80. And I was like, yeah. I was like, no, why? I was like, please don't do that. And I've heard, and I've heard it like through Twitter and some, some really good Pokemon creators that the word on the street is the, the Marnie stuff is going to be heavily allocated. And if people, what that means is it means they're printing a lot, which that's what they're doing with Pokemon. If, if you look around, and I'm sure you noticed too, Battle Styles has been kind of harder to maybe get rid of. I, I guess if it's the correct, correct term. But you, I'm sure you order what you want. It's not like you're like, Hey, I have these five cases of Battle Styles. Do you want these while you're still sitting on Battle Styles? So. Right. Right. It's definitely a give and take with these distributors. And I realize this at the end of last year that last year in April and May, I only started with two distributors and I just wasn't getting enough because we started early last year, all just online. So we actually had a pretty decent online only presence for sports and Pokemon right when we first started. And I was just selling out faster than what I'm selling out right now. So I said, I need to do, if I want to get more Pokemon, I need to start developing more distributor relationships. So I think there's about seven true distributors in the United States for Pokemon. And we have six of them. Um, so of course my two original ones, they're my big, they're my main ones. So that's where I get probably 80% of my product from. Then the other guys fill in with, you know, four booster boxes here, a case of ETBs here, you know, those type of things. So it's good to have all of those because, you know, hey, if you get four of these distributors to start sending you a whole bunch of filler stuff, that could equal another third distributor that's going to send you a whole bunch of, a whole bunch of, uh, you know, new products. So eventually those allocations will keep increasing with them because They'll get stuff in stock. Like they'll get battle styles in stock. And if they call me up and say, I want it, I'll buy the booster boxes because to me, at some point, those booster boxes will sell. And I'm, I'm fortunate enough to have enough liquidity where, you know, I can buy that. And then if I sit on it for a little bit, I sit on it for a little bit, but they do base allocations on what you buy. So you can't always go chase the hottest thing with these distributors because they're smart enough to realize that too. So if I'm buying battle styles, I can guarantee you that a lot of these distributors are going to start saying, oh, well, we're going to toss this guy some of the better stuff as well. Okay. Um, but going, going back to pre-selling, um, we do our pre-sales. I have, I can tell you a hundred percent since we've done this, we have filled everybody's pre-order, filled everybody's pre-order. One guy might say that there was a Shining Fates tin, as they shorted the tins, there was a shortage when Shining Fates first came out. And of course, I didn't know until the last minute. There was one gentleman 
that his order was going to come one ten less than what I could get him, right? So you know what I did? I was like, at that time, the Shining Face ETBs, they were on the secondary market going for like $100. So I substituted an ETB for a 10. So I asked him if that was okay. And he was like, oh, yeah, dude, that's like, <laughs> he's like, you sure you want to do that? You can just refund me. I was like, no. I was like, I'll just go ahead and do that. <laughs> so I can I can say that we fulfilled everybody's pre-order. And it's a really tricky situation to do it because right now I'm getting a ton of DMs for, A, when's your Evolving Skies and your celebrations going up because we see other shops and yep. online retailers putting it up. And I'm like, I don't have any of my numbers from anybody yet. And I know for a fact, one of my distributors, my sales rep tells me I'm like, his second largest account. So if I don't know my numbers, I can pretty much guarantee 99% of the folks that are putting up pre-orders don't even have an idea of what they're going to get. And you can't base it off your battle styles, your vivid voltage, or even your chilling rain because emails that I'm getting, they're saying severely allocated. There are some distributors that you can't even give numbers anymore. They just, they just send you an email, what you're going to be getting. <laughs> For so, sure. you know, to me, I'm going to wait. Usually when I put up pre-orders is when one of my two main distributors send me my numbers because they're usually about the same between both distributors. So I can kind of gauge like, okay, this is where they're going to be. And then I don't put up more than 30%. As a pre-order, the initial wave, because if you've noticed in the past, I always do like kind of two pre-orders. So the first wave I do about 20 to 25 percent. And then by the time I do a second wave of pre-orders, I know about five of my distributors what they're going to send me. So then I do another pre-order at that point. What? And I cut it off after that. What's the uh, average time before technically the product drops when they give you your numbers is it a couple weeks before the set drops a little bit more less like average i'm sure it's different between the last few sets yeah it's probably three weeks to 30 days okay before um so i I can already tell you that i mean evolving skies is going to be more limited than chilling rain but on celebrations emails i'm getting is they're putting in all caps, severely allocated, you know, so (laughs) it's going to be very limited everywhere. So that's going to be the big chase again, and it's going to be flipped and sold, and you're not going to find it in Walmart and Target. Um, So that's what's going on with that product. That product's going to be ridiculous. Uh, So, you know, you're just going to have to deal. I'm just going to have to deal with it. I don't know when we're going to do a celebrations pre-order. I'm going to do something, but it's not going to be, you know, as large as the other pre-orders that we've done in the past, but we'll still try to put something up there. Uh, so, you know, that's going to be crazy. But even involving skies is going to be, advocate. involving skies that, is going to be crazy too, though. Like that's, that's yeah, what's, it, 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 yeah, it is. It's going to be, Pretty ridiculous, but we're playing devil's advocate though. A lot of these distributors, they play, yeah, you know, they, they hold some things back. So they'll tell you initially, like, this is all that we can get you, you know, for right now. And then one distributor a week later says, Oh, we just got booster boxes and ETB cases in stock. 
and they'll be for X. And that X price would be maybe 10% lower than retail, but you can buy it at Walmart and Target. So that's the other thing. You can't necessarily be mad at your shop if you're saying, hey, these ETBs are $40 retail and, and my shop's trying to sell it for 50 or 55. It's because the shop has to buy it almost at retail. So if you don't get it upon your initial wholesale order, when you most of the time when you buy back in, when they say they have more in stock of distributors, we're buying at a higher price. So they're not releasing all of the product, you know, what they say they should. It's it's definitely different. So if we're comparing like the we're if we're comparing the new flesh and blood or the meta zoo or anything like that. Or Digimon. They're <laughs> yeah, they are what they're doing what these companies are doing with distributors is as soon as they release the product, there's no withholding that product. That product has to be released at a certain wholesale price to the hobby shop for first edition, unlimited, whatever that it is. I don't know. I don't think Pokemon's as strict as these other companies. And I get it. These other companies are brand new. So they probably want to do that to build up the hobby shop base so they can get their product to the people and so forth. Pokemon's a much larger company. They probably, they could sell it on Pokemon Center for all they care. So I think if it was me, I would like to see them take a stronger stance with distributors and say, these guys are trying to distribute our product. You're already making a buck selling to them. Why you got to make $3 on top of it? And that's what's going on right now with distributors too. Yeah, it gets it gets to the point where you look at other stores and you're like, uh, right now I believe you sell Shiny Fates for sixty five, which is awesome. Right. That's an awesome deal. The retail price is fifty bucks. Um, some some places fifty five. Uh, we have a, a store called Myers out here, which they they tend to sell mm-hmm. Pokemon items a little bit more, and. That's that's still a great deal, and I know for a fact that what you're paying for is probably just barely below the sixty-five number because it's such a hot. Even now, it's still a hot ticket. I don't know. Maybe it's dying down a little bit, but you get the you get the Charizard hype. It's, there's always going to be like, oh, I should have grabbed that shiny Fates ETB when I had the shot because that once this like gets further in the window, it'll turn into like a hidden Fates for sure. Where it's like, okay, yeah, sure. you got that? Yeah, yeah, here's 200 bucks. Let me get that Charizard. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And it's it's one of those things like, um, you know, when we got them at wholesale, when they first were released, we were selling them for $50. Even when everybody else was selling them for 100 or 120 or whatever they originally went to. And there's times like when we get product restocked, if we get it restocked and we actually bought it back at wholesale, or lesser price, we don't keep the same price. We actually will reduce the price when we have it again, if we get a re- reduction in pricing. So just like the Hidden Fates ETBs, like, you know, I think at one time we had them up to maybe 150 when they were going for like 200. But I was able to buy them back again for a lesser price and we started selling them at 115. So I'm, as long as I'm making a margin where I can pay the bills, you know, I'll keep that same margin and then help other people out or collectors by reducing the price. And the whole premise of doing that is I don't have a 
you know, I'm going to get you this one time because I'm going to make as much money as I can with this one transaction. For sure. You're not going to build up residual income that way because I own an insurance agency, insurance business. My whole life is built on residual income or renewals. So that's kind of how I built the shop is like, I want people to keep coming back. So if I'm only going to make 30% margin or 20% margin on this one sale, you know, when they come back next month and I'm buying at wholesale, maybe I'll make a 40% margin on that. So that's the whole premise. And I don't see why other retailers or, or shops don't see that is the whole, your whole business model is try to get people in the store or coming back to your website. And if you go in and try to get that one-time gouge, which you probably will because of the hype, you'll get that one-time gouge for evolving skies and celebrations. Then when you want somebody to buy battle styles or shining face ETBs, they're going to be collecting dust on your shelves because you're not treating your customers right. Like I still have people buying battle styles, ET, I mean, I mean, booster boxes. We're selling Shining Fates, ETBs every day at 65. I know that if they really wanted to search online, they could probably find somebody now that's selling them for, like you said, 55 or 50, maybe not 50, 55, 60. Um, but they know the majority of any time there's a new release that I'm going to treat people fairly. And I think it's, I think it's a, that's the kind of business that you have to have is kind of a mutual respect. It's, I'm going to help you out here, but then hopefully the client down the road realizes what we're trying to do and helps us out. Oh, no, for sure. And and it, it's so easy to read that one reason why we like working with you too is just that's what we feel like. It's you're a naturally good person as trying to help the collectors to begin with. It's not just like, all right, man, you're 80 bucks. But why? <laughs> I don't, yeah. I don't want to spend 80 bucks. Well, that's, you know, yeah. we got, you got to think about local stores, man. If, if they're going to sell for 80, I'm going to sell it for 80. I'm like, okay, well, yeah. I'm, I'm out. I'm going to go somewhere else. <laughs> yeah. I don't pay attention to what other people are selling anything for. Um, I put a price on it to where I'm still making a few bucks. And that's the same thing with sports cards or Pokemon. It's the same. Like, it was like, why, why are you, Selling for this. I've got other shops that call me when they see my prices and they try to say, well, we're selling it for this. And I'm like, well, that's good if you want to sell it for that. But this is what I'm doing. So I don't really care what you're doing. And they're like, I mean, this guy, this guy, so what's this try, guy doing? Strong arm. You say, I can't sell, you know, this collector, you know, booster box for magic for this price. I'm like, well, I can't. I mean, I, I can't help you there. I'm just going to do it that way. So, you know. That's interesting. That's interesting. Yeah. Um, what else? Is there anything else about the ins and outs of the store? Um, I don't. I don't know. I think that's that's pretty good. That's pretty good because you talk about allocations, distributors, ins and outs, mm -hmm. ordering. Okay, maybe we'll get into a little fun stuff. So I remember. Okay. PJ, when, when we first started talking, one of your favorite things to do, because you don't personally open a lot of Pokemon cards unless they're the build and battle kits. Did you get a chance to rip some Chilling Raid build and battle kits? I have not. No. I, have not. I feel kind of bad. Like, I probably couldn't even tell you, you know, who's all the, who all the promos are. <laughs> because it's funny, when you don't have a shop, I had so much time to 
you know, read all the blogs for like Pokey Beach and, you know, watch YouTube videos of, um, is it Caribou? The, the, I used to watch a lot of her videos. Yeah. And, uh, uh, was it Leon Hart, Lionheart, and then Danny Phantom Guy. I used to, and Twice Baked, I used to watch all those videos. I used to know a lot about Pokemon. I probably know less about <laughs> Pokemon now than having the shop because there's just so much to do and there's, you're just being pulled in so many different directions. So I, and, and plus now that I have a shop, I always feel like, well, if I open this, then, you know, William won't get a chance to buy a building battle box. You know, so I'm kind of like, you know, I'm, I'm always like, well, I could just sell it. And my boys are kind of like, are we going to open anything ever again? Or, or <laughs> right. thing? And we also get a lot of people that bring singles in. I used to rip so I can get singles to have and to sell and yeah. to send off for grading. Now we have such a big stream of people coming in, bringing in singles. That's also part of it, too. It's like, why should I rip the product and take it away from somebody else that wants to buy it? where I'm just getting the singles anyway to purchase. That's another thing. That but I will tell you, I will open Falling Skies and Celebrations. I mean, I'm definitely going to be opening some of that because, you know, I do want to have some for my own collection and then also send off certain cards for grading and, and that type of thing. Yeah. So what, what makes sense, everybody, is uh, PJ went hardcore with Vivid Voltage because, you know, one of the four stamps was a charizard and he had he had uh ridiculous hits with that charizard um what was yeah. that at what point like one box what because how many are in a box it's an it's a weird number there's 10 there's 10 at the box so yeah. there's 10 there's 10 build battle boxes in a case and i opened two cases of the build and battles personally i got the rainbow pikachu which that graded out in a 10 Oh, wow. I didn't even know that, dude. That's... I sold that at the height. So I think I ended up getting twelve or 1300 for that. Nice. And then out of the two two cases, I ended up getting eight of the Charizard promos, yeah, which you're supposed to only get, I think, one or two, I think, on average out of the cases. So at a pretty big, pretty awesome pull rate with those. Um, but, you know, the, 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 the funny thing is now is I get to see everybody else's hits and... Out of the vivid voltage, and I'm hoping that if anybody's listening, if they if they ended up buying any more booster boxes, so far out of the vivid voltage booster boxes, we've had three rainbow Pikachu's pulled. Oh wow! Like so, because last week when I was on vacation, we dropped probably I don't know maybe twenty eight thirty booster boxes of vivid voltage, and three people pulled the rainbow Pikachu out of those thirty some boxes. So that was kind of crazy. So I'm kind of curious to see on the reprint, like, uh, I guess the pool rate might be, you know, better or something for that card. But it was kind of crazy because everybody's texting me photos of these rainbow Pikachus. I was like, man, I need to need to go back and open up some of my own stuff again. <laughs> <laughs> you should, man. It's half the fun of owning a shot. But I, I understand. Yeah. But hey, once, uh, especially your oldest gets uh, a little bit older, too, maybe he can help out in some of the, you know, to do during the day stuff and then you can sit back for an hour and open things and you're like good boy you did a great job yeah, well actually i'll tell you right now both of my sons they actually work in the store so my oldest who's 15 uh sometimes i just drop them off there and I'm, there's other people in the store that are working and he works by himself there he can price cards he'll buy cards 
Um, he can run the register. Like, I don't even have to be there. My youngest son, who's 11, he's the same way. But the funny thing is, is he does watch Pawn Stars on YouTube. <laughs> so I'll catch him. When somebody comes into the store, he'll do the Rick Lean over on the counter and say, you know, he'll act like Rick and be like, you know, this this dark Charizard, I mean, it's going for, you know, I could probably give you $65 or 70 bucks for it or something like that in this condition. Like he'll make deals with people. So I can leave both of them there and they can work full time, which is pretty cool. And we pay them for it. I pay them all the sons on payroll. My youngest son, I pay him a little hourly rate. And I think it's a good life lesson. And they get the most Google reviews out of anybody in the store. It's kind of funny. <laughs> I can I can see that nice little chimes like come to Collectible King where the uh, the children treat you royalty. <laughs> I know. Yeah, so it's cool. It's a lot of fun. Nice. All right. Well, start start uh, ripping some stuff so you get the excitement. You'd be like, okay, all right, I see you, Pokemon, because you know those Eevee yeah. the evolutions that you're gonna get in Evolving Skies is gonna be brutal, man. There's so many secret yeah. rares in that set too, so you're gonna be like, okay. What's the big, what's the big one? But that's interesting about the, I'm going back to the Vivid Voltage, uh, the hyper rare Pikachu. Usually from my own, um, uh, brain fart, <laughs> from my personal, uh, why am I messing up here? Messing up. Um, <laughs> I make sure I'll edit this part out. <laughs> my personal experience, wow, that's terrible. My uh, personal experience with any kind of Pokemon product later is like, if it's reprinted, usually the pull rates are terrible. Like it's that first wave. The first wave is always like that, that one, two punch that gets you yeah. involved. So I don't know. I have one, yeah. I have one vivid voltage box left from my first case that I bought, which I didn't pull. I pulled. I pulled the full art Pikachu and I pulled the, the normal VMAX. I haven't pulled the uh, hyper rare and I have one box left. And for the longest time, I, I was like, okay, I'm just going to leave it sealed because it, you know, it was going up in price and stuff like that, even though I wasn't going to sell it anytime soon. But now with uh, the reprints finally hitting and vivid voltage coming back normal, I have this one box and then the, uh, the dads, we got three more boxes. So now I'm able to at least open my f- old one and see what happens there. And then I'll open a couple more and keep the other one sealed. But then it'll bother me forever. Be like, well, could there be a hyper rare Pikachu in there? I don't know, man. <laughs> I deal yeah, with that all the yeah, time. That's, that's true. Um, yeah. My, my oldest son pulled that hyper rare and he, he's more into sports cars, but he'll rip Pokemon when we have it. So he was, he, he kind of looked at it and was like, Hey, is this, is this one good? And he held it up. And we were like, holy crap. You know? <laughs> it was kind of funny. He's like, I don't know. I think I got Pikachu. Is this one good? And I was like, what, what's going on with that? And, Let me see that. You know, my, my sons get all the hits. When we rip, they pull the Charizard V's and, uh, you know, all the, all the nice stuff. I'm, I always pull like the, uh, you know, just the reverse hollows. <laughs> I love, I love reverse hollows, man, especially if they're playable. Um, I don't know if you heard the story from last week. Uh, My daughter picked out a few packs for me when we went to uh, GameStop because I had to buy some uh, Joy-Cons for our Switch. And she ended up picking a pack 
with the gold, um, the gold Snorlax. And she, she, oh, wow. she was like, what is this? And I was like, that's a, a gold Snorlax card. And she's like, is it good? I'm like, it's super good. It's one of the, maybe like the top one or top two card that people want from the set. And she's like, are we going to be rich? <laughs> I was like, no. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Yeah, yeah, it made me so yeah, happy. Yeah. <laughs> She's like, but it's gold. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I know, I know. And that's the thing. Speaking about gold cards, I mean it's it's a shame that gold cards don't have a collectability or, or value more than what they have. Like you should not be able to buy any gold card for four dollars, in my opinion. Because when you see that gold in the pack, it gets you excited to see it. And for me, even if it is an item or something, I mean, $4 for a gold card, I mean, is ridiculous. So, I don't know. It, I, I guess that's the sports card world coming out of me. Usually anything gold out of a sports card pack is, like, totally ridiculous. <laughs> if you pull it out of Pokemon, unless it's a character or whatever, if it's an item card, you're like... You know, it's three or four dollars or something. So, you know, there's some things that Pokemon could learn a little bit from the sports card world, and they could do some tweaks with some products or something. I wish I can get a hold of somebody and say, "Hey, I've got some suggestions, maybe with um, making like a collector set only, and then kind of like what Magic does with the collector boosters." Um, I think Pokemon could probably do something like that, where you have your you know, your set boosters of magic are mostly for, you know, players and so forth to build your decks and everything. The collector boosters, you know, you can get some alternate arts and some some very rare hollows and that type of thing. I think I think Pokemon needs to take a look at doing something like that, where maybe that price point is two hundred dollars, but it's gonna be loaded with some crazy hits in it. Well, do you not know what celebrations is all about then? <laughs> Uh, yeah, but that's like a one-time, one-time-a-year type thing. You know, but, but it's it's going to be for players and collectors where there are going to be 25 reprint cards that you can't play with because they're not they're out of format, but they're redoing them for this collection. So, you're, you know, you're going to get that. You know, base set Charizard, base set uh, Venusaur, no, you know, no nothing confirmed about Blastoise, but my boy better be coming back. So he's right. always, always shafted. That's right. That's right. That is your play. So yeah, it's gonna be good. I think it's. I think it's gonna be. It, it's gonna be crazy few months for sure. Because I guess August is falling skies, and then what October is gonna be celebrations, I believe. Yeah. No, it'll be celebrations, and it'll come out in waves of all these different products, and then the next set, which we don't know the name of yet, will hit November. So the end of the year, like uh, Pokemon's going out with a big boom between Evolving Skies, uh, Celebrations, whatever the set is to end the year. And then you have the video game standpoints. You're going to get the Diamond and Pearl remakes for the Switch. And then to begin 2022 is when we get uh, Legend of uh, Arceus, the, this big RPG world game on mm. the Switch. So Pokemon does have a lot of stuff on their plate. and we're, It's going to be fun. It might be a little... Annoying, but there's some celebration stuff that I'm like super excited about, which I talked er earlier in this episode where, where, you know, we're getting V Union introduced in the set. Mm -hmm. One of them is, is cool. Yeah. One yeah. of them is, uh, Pikachu V Union, which we don't know yet. Mm -hmm. Japan has even showed that. So that's, that's kind of a cool, 
cool little thing. Uh, there's a statue of VMAX Pikachu that I'm like, I was like, I need that because that looks dope. Uh, what else do they have? The part of the 25th anniversary, they're doing a, a wooden box for your deck, which it has like, Oh, we'll have those at retail price. <laughs> <laughs> Sick. I'll re- I'll we'll <laughs> that reminds me though, how do I get retail price of the Charizard pop figures, right? You're going to hold one for me. <laughs> oh, I, we have, we're getting plenty of those and they will be eight ninety nine. <laughs> Gonna, I don't care what the. I'm sure somebody's gonna try to get twenty dollars for them or something. But <laughs> yeah, we will have those too. Well, I almost, I almost uh, pre-ordered one uh, Hot Topic, but they wanted fifteen dollars. I was like, "There's." It's like, come on. I was like, "Come on." <laughs> they even know. They even Hot Topic even knows like all it's Charizard, so it's gonna go up seven dollars. But uh, as soon as I saw that on the Funko order sheet, I was like, "Oh boy, I gotta, I gotta order like a uh, hundred of these things because." You know, anybody, even if you're not into Pokemon, so they're going to buy the Charizard one because they're going to think it's going to increase in value, even if you're not in Pokemon. So I was like, I better load up on this one. I know. So. I, I'm definitely going to I'm gonna get two. One that I'm going to keep in the box and then one I'm going to keep at uh, eventually my Pokedad desk when I have one. There you go. So uh, yeah. Charizard yeah, so is... We'll have them. I'll have to... I'll have to send you one when they come in. <laughs> um, yeah, no, that's that's awesome. That's awesome. Um, so celebrations, stores, building battles, opening. Yeah, man, I think I think I'm good. Unless you you have anything else. Yeah, no, I mean, really, it's kind of amazing to me from like a year ago to like tonight. A year ago, I wouldn't even thought I'd be doing doing this, like doing a podcast or about Pokemon even, too. So it's kind of crazy, like, how much can change in a year. Oh, for and, sure. And um, it's it's definitely a lot of fun. I mean, that's what we're... That's what we're trying to do. We got, we got a big event July 31st in the store. We're bringing a, a UFC fighter into the store who's probably eventually going to win the featherweight title i believe he can and um i mean that's crazy i wouldn't even thought about doing any of that but it's going to be a lot of fun and that's the main reason if you don't have passion in what you want to do then there's really no point in doing it in my opinion no for for sure so it's uh collectiblekings.com the website right with a k everybody it's uh collectible spelled with a k like uh, mortal Kombat. it's a good way to remember it (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I like that. Yeah, and then if you want, want to see what we're up to, probably the best way is to follow us on Instagram. We probably post there the most. Uh, we are on Facebook, but we share the post from, or however you want to say, from Instagram to from, to Facebook. So if you're trying to catch a drop or something that gets restocked, if, you, if you're on Facebook, it's probably going to show up on Instagram first by about 10, 15 seconds, I'm assuming. Most most definitely, and also make sure you, if you follow the Pokey Dads, uh, we do a lot of the sharing posts with them too. So uh, we drop, we share, we make sure everyone knows when he does stuff. It's not just Pokemon too, because uh, as you can tell, it's also the sport card world. If you're into that, a collector's a collector. This is by far your, the best prices you're gonna find. I I promise you that. So make sure you follow Collectible Kings on Instagram and Pokey Dads TCG on instagram also so 
That's right. That's right. So sometimes soon we'll have to hook up in person and have some some crazy event or something. Something will blow it out big time. Do something. Yeah, man, I wouldn't mind going back to Virginia. I haven't been there since uh, 2008 was the last time I was in Virginia. So Maybe we'll have, maybe we'll have a Pokepalooza or something like that. Pokepalooza. <laughs> <laughs> that'd be that'd be dope man i i definitely want to as the world starts feeling more normal that the dads will be doing more hopefully cons and regionals i i'm sure there's a big tournament regionals in virginia at some point i have to look into that where i'd be like hey i'll be out there for that so yeah 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 because we're we're probably within an hour and a half of dc so i'm sure there's something around these parts for that uh i'm still working on Coming a Pokemon Play League location, uh, so we should be getting that within a month. So we should be an official place for that. Yeah, and then you'll be able. Uh, what I've heard too is like once you're officially locked in, they send you promos. But you, of course, you're not getting CP points or anything. But you'll get promos for the store, and they'll even give you um, free booster boxes for the for the free packs for entry because usually it's like five dollars per person so they they supply that too which i find that really cool so it's not like off your back of giving away free product to them from your store it's actually from pokemon which is kind of nice yeah yeah so that's 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 what we're working towards so that'll that'll be that'll be great to finally that that's kind of like the last piece of the puzzle that i'm working on so you know this is I'm talking to them real quick story, but I think it's kind of funny. Okay. Right now, how our store is set up is we have these folding tables for events. So, you know, eventually we're going to expand. So I move, we have a standing display when you first walk in that's on wheels that has like top loaders and deck sleeves and everything on. So I move that thing out of the way. We can throw up about three folding tables uh, in the store. So I threw up the folding tables, right? They want pictures of everything in the store. The guy comes back to me, everything looks great, but can you put the chairs out too? And I'm like, the chairs? And then, of course, of course I put everything back. Everything's back. I put the display back. And, and of course, I did this all after hours. I can't do this when the store is open. So now I'm like, yes, I'll put the folding chairs down underneath these folding tables. I mean, so now I got to go back and do that after we close one night. Um, but I just thought that was kind of funny. I'm like, if you can see, I could put the folding tables up. I mean, why do I have to put the chairs under? I don't know. But anyways. So once, once they're like, they deem the store big enough to have tournaments, what do, do you have to take the test of like becoming a judge too? Or do you have to have someone in like an employee of yours learn that kind of stuff and pass? to become a judge for Pokemon? Well, the first stage is, is that, and my wife makes fun, she calls me a professor sometimes, so like just as a joke. Uh, but I did have to take the test to become a professor. So that's like the first, I'm like the stage one. I know there's multiple stages, but in order for me to apply to become a store, you have to be at least a stage one professor or whatever. I don't know all the terminology, so... Please excuse me on that, but you know I have to. They they gave me a test on the rules and you know how to set up a tournament and all that kind of thing. Um, as far as the judge, that would be the next step. So I, I, you can become a store, but if you're going to run like sanctioned events, you have to have 
judge status. So that's like the next test that you have to take. Uh, so I'm just waiting to get this approved first so we can at least do what you said, where we can just you know, give out the free stuff that comes in to the store. And then we can still host events. It just wouldn't be, you know, sanctioned or, or, you know, go towards your points to go to like the regionals and so forth. So, uh, I will become a judge at that point as well, the next level, so we can you know, let people have like some points and that type of thing for whatever they want to do. But I'm just trying to get on board first and then go from there. Oh, that's that's rad. Yep. And make sure like we'll we'll keep you guys posted to the Pokedads well for all our Virginia listeners out there that are finally itching to play. Uh, you know, this is just rumors, whatever is going on, but they're, they're saying that by the, by fall, we'll be able to compete for, you know, worlds again. So that's good, good news and just able to just, you know, bring a deck, even though I don't miss shuffling. I don't really miss shuffling much, PJ, but uh, I do miss talking to people and playing and, and it's also a nice way to promote the Pokédads in general, because it's people that I don't know and be like, Oh, what do you do? You know, we do this, we do that. We're out and meeting people yeah. instead of, uh, trying to be on my phone 24 seven, trying to promote Pokédads while I'm ignoring my, you know, my fiance and my son. <laughs> <laughs> I'm with you. It's a, Instagram's always digging and everything else. And my wife's like, man, you got a lot of stuff going on over there. I was like, I know crazy, but, uh, you know, I've only played Pokemon online. I've never played it in person just because when we started doing this, uh, well, I played my youngest son in person, um, but I haven't played anybody else uh, just online, but I like it because, you know, I like, I like playing poker and I just like card games in general and there's definitely strategy with Pokemon too. So I'm like, oh, this is pretty cool. Um, so I'd like to, uh, I'd like to play more in person. I just haven't had the opportunity to get that going. So when we do have that in shop, I'll be sitting down, getting my butt kicked by pretty much everybody, I'm sure. But um, until I start learning, uh, but that's what makes it fun. It's definitely a different experience when you can sit across the table from somebody rather than you know online. I just think I think it's just a different experience. Oh no, it 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 is, and it was one of, one of the main reasons why we started Pokédads to begin with was well, I was a big Yu-Gi-Oh player from high school to college, and so it was Pokédad Aaron. And there would be nights where we would be up three o'clock, four o'clock in the morning, and we were just going through our deck, keep playing each other over and over and over, and strategizing over different decks what we were going to see if it was like a league on a Saturday or regionals and stuff like that, and. It kind of, I kind of just miss that, that bond with your friends. And also I'm a huge tinkerer. So able to like come up with the deck and then ju just take it apart and be like, okay, what can I do to make this deck better? And I'm never satisfied, which is also could be a problem because it'd be like, well, the deck was good like two changes ago. And I was like, I know. <laughs> yeah. 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 I know. That's, that, that's what I'm figuring out. Um, it's just, uh, I still haven't figured out how to really build a deck just because I probably just haven't had a chance or an opportunity to play it as much. I actually went on eBay and bought a pre-made, you know, deck for online play. It was just, I just, it's probably the worst deck in the world, but I, I understand it. So it makes sense to me 
So I bought the, it's from Vivid Voltage. I bought the Leon deck. It was like, uh, I think there's four Leons in it or something. And the whole premise is, is that you discard all your Leons. So then it, it charges up Charizard to do, I think, 300 damage or something like that. Yep. So it's a very simple deck. It's probably the worst deck to play with online, but you know, I, I won 10 matches in a row one time. I was like, oh man, I'm like, I'm like putting it down. And then of course, you know, then I, then I get destroyed, you know, several times, but it's fun. So that's one thing that I would like to try to figure out is play in person to figure out how a real deck works and then, you know, try to build one and then go from there. Hey, man, you're part of that Discord group. You're always welcome to ask questions and maybe get you in one of those uh, monthly hangouts with us. So you can ask yeah, questions. Yeah, yeah. I need to make sure – text me next time when you get ready to do one, and then I'll make sure I put it on the calendar to jump in there and, 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 and do that. Oh, for sure. We got you, PJ. Um, again, PJ, thank you so much, man. I, I'm super happy you took the time to hang out with me and uh, all this – info about running a store and what it does. And it's, I think it's great for listeners to have a better understanding what it's like to run a store in this crazy pandemic world that we live in right now. Yes, sir. I appreciate it. And uh, thank you guys. I think you guys do a great job. Uh, your podcast is great. I think it's very chill. I think anybody new or advanced can enjoy the podcast. I think that makes it unique. Uh, you talk from a collectability standpoint, but also from a playability standpoint. A lot of podcasts focus either on one or the other, and I think it's great that you guys combine both of it. And we definitely appreciate your guys' uh, support, and I think we're on the same wavelength. So I always like working with people that kind of have like the same mantra and all that kind of good stuff. Oh, ditto. I, I appreciate um, you giving us the opportunity to uh, represent your name. So we appreciate it, PJ. Oh, I'm guys. Will you take care? Uh, you too, man. Bye.